If you really want to know what's going on, just ask the workers. Welcome to the Get Real About Safety podcast, where we discuss the new view of safety, the things that work, the things that don't work, and try to break down old view paradigms to help you improve safety performance in your organization. Hi, I'm Mike McCarroll. And I'm Pam Fisher, and today we're going to talk about what workers say. This will be the first in a series of podcasts just on what workers say about safety. We don't always talk to the workers and find out what they're thinking about safety, and they have a lot to say. I've been working on a lot of culture assessment reports lately, and I spend untold hours sorting through comments that workers have made in focus groups or on their perception surveys, and they fall into a number of very specific common themes. So we're going to pick out a few today and have a conversation. So Pam, won't you just throw some out there? Okay, I've got a few examples here, and here's one that is uh, here's one that is the supervisor's response to the worker requesting his equipment to be repaired. His answer was, "Well, that's just not going to get done because we are done spending money." So here we have a worker perception that budget exceeds safety. This is clearly a messaging problem. And it creates worker perceptions that safety is not truly a core value and illustrates a serious lack of leadership. Exactly. When management keeps preaching safety, 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 and yet an employee has a piece of equipment that is unsafe to operate and repeatedly asked to get it repaired, and he gets that answer, what does that ultimately say about safety? I mean, if I was that worker, I would kind of just give up on trying to get things fixed and just go ahead and use the equipment. That's a lot of the reasons you see people using defective equipment out there. Here's another one that falls in line with that about equipment. And the worker responds on the survey, I would do more research into the equipment that I'm purchasing to ensure it is the right tool for the right job. There is no dialogue between those doing the work and those ordering. You know, in human performance, we talk about a concept called work is imagined versus work is practiced. And this is a perfect example of that, of how disengaged often supervisors and managers are, and even safety people from the real world of what it takes to actually do the work. Rarely are the workers actually asked what they need. And when it comes to subject matter expertise, you know, the guy operating equipment is the subject matter expertise. Absolutely. We do too much telling people what to do and not enough asking them what they need. Uh, Actually, here's another one now that seems to follow right in line with what we're talking about. And the quote was, they need to talk to the boots on the ground. They need to come communicate with us. Ask us how we feel about things. Just listen. I mean, that goes right along with that. We just certainly do not spend enough time listening to the workers finding out where the complications, the complexities, the issues are from their perspective, since they're the ones doing the work. They are the operational intelligence, and we just don't do enough of that in many organizations. So not listening is a problem, and just the other extreme from that is 
Here's a comment a worker has about uh, communication from his supervisor. He says, being yelled at's not good for safety because it makes an employee not want to do anything. It puts them in a bad mood or makes them want to leave. Now you talk about steeped in old view. That's about as bad as it gets right there. The old days of the old authoritarian, my way or the highway type supervisor or safety person oftentimes who talk like that do nothing but disengage the employees. Well, it can get worse than that. I got another one for you. Quote, since the day I started working here, my foreman has treated me like the scum of the earth. Everything I do is always wrong. I am talked to like I am a dog on the streets. I work very hard to do what I'm asked, and I am not appreciated at all. And managers wonder why employees are not engaged or why employees leave an organization. You know, 90% of employees that leave an organization don't quit the company, they quit their supervisor. And part of the problem is that we, or a big part of the problem, is we've never taught supervisors how to be supervisors. That was probably the way that that guy was brought up in the field, and so he's just emulating that. There's a very big gap in supervisors' skill set when it comes to communication and coaching and relationships with workers. I've got another one here, um, kind of what we're following a theme here, and this worker says, some of the supervisors need to communicate effectively with employees. Sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it. And that goes right along with that. You know, some companies do train their supervisors in leadership, and but many don't. Uh, most just certainly don't. Uh, it kind of sets the supervisor up for failure because they just go by what they know or what they've been taught. But this all has negative cascading effects down to the workers. Communication is one of the common themes, communication problems. Uh, and this is flowing into another um, category, and that's injury reporting. So um, I have one here that says, there's no communication between workers and management. We aren't listened to. When there's an injury, they'll ask what we did wrong. They think first of the guy's mistake instead of an error in the procedure. Wow, there's a lot to be said in that. Number one, there's the, the part about just not being listened to. When workers feel like they are not respected enough to be listened to, they have no reason to bring things up to their supervisors and their managers. I mean, nobody's listening, right? But then the other part of that is to constantly blame the employee. That is definitely old view, uh, focus on the worker rather than the system, and uh, talk about disengaging people. That would really do it. Unless you think that everything's great at your location, and this must be just some really bad company here, this is widespread. It is very much the norm. If you're not having regular dialogues, if management's not having regular dialogue with workers, think about that. How much are you actually listening to workers? Sadly, a lot of times you have to have a third party come in and ask these questions. Hopefully you can get your culture to a point where you don't need a third party, but you got to start by providing opportunities for workers to give you their thoughts. Yeah, we call this process exposing organizational reality. 
And uh, uh, Pam is right. This is more common than you might think. These comments that she's going through here, these are real, actual comments from workers in a variety of different organizations just kind of pulled at random. But we have thousands of these comments on our database. Uh, this just illustrates the issues that, that we see with many clients every day. Actually, this is just a handful I pulled out of the last 30 days of reports that we've been working on. This is just a handful. So if you multiply this by about 50. I've got another communication one here, so we'll throw this one at it. Communication is poor at times between managers to supervisors and then to employees. Change doesn't make it down to the employees, so different locations operate based on different expectations. So here we have a situation that creates inconsistency. The communication issues from management to the supervisors is flawed, and so the message that the workers get may be different from supervisor to supervisor, from location to location, and inconsistency is a huge problem, and we see that a lot with uh, workers that say that they go from one plant to another or one construction site to another, and the rules are viewed differently from one supervisor to the other. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to act. And then managers sit around and wonder why workers don't do what they're supposed to do. Give me a break. And with communication... It, it can vary from supervisor to supervisor to employees, but also a lot of times it never makes it to the employees. It, it's kind of surprising to me how senior management thinks that the vision they had for safety, the values they have for safety, and the many comments they make about safety apparently aren't making it to the worker level. Workers want an opportunity to talk to managers. Here's a comment someone says that uh, I would take the lock off the office door so all employees can go in there and talk. We have to ask to come in. When you do come in the door, they want to know why you're here. Now you talk about a poor leader that has a closed door policy. No, not just closed, locked. Yeah, locked. That's even worse, right? Now, just think about how employees feel. Think about the disrespect that they feel, not only that they're not being listened to, but they're being shut out. Yeah, uh, here's another one there about coming back out to the field. Um, it just simply says, come walk a mile in our shoes out there. That goes directly back to work as imagined versus work as practiced. People in the office, safety personnel, managers, supervisors cannot possibly know what the workers are going through unless they've done the work and done it fairly recently. And so they do need to get out there. That's one of the keys to excellence in safety is for those people to get out in the field, interact with the people, understand the work, ask about the work, and ask people what they need. Let's talk a little bit about production. I cannot remember a company that we have assessed that the workers did not have frequent comments that production is over safety. And I also remember when we did a, an assessment with a very large company and management wanted us to change the survey question 
that said safety is as important as production to safety is always overproduction because they were convinced that every worker in their organization firmly believed that safety came before production. And sadly, that's not what the workers had to say. But here's one from another company who says safety is important, but when there is production pressure, no more safety. And we hear that a lot. When production pressure comes on, safety goes out the window. Now think about the perceptions that employees develop when that is the case. It becomes that safety is all talk. It's not really a core value. It's just talk, talk, talk. We see lots of safety processes that are more talk than action. Let's talk a little bit about fear and and fear of reporting and discipline. Here's a comment that says, concerning discipline involving safety violations, they should be looked at case by case. Not every employee deserves to be fired. So, you know, in human performance, and later we'll talk about determining culpability, but this is a classic case of everything being viewed as a violation errors being viewed as violations, system-induced issues being uh, viewed as violations, and blaming and punishing the worker. And truly, everything does happen on a case-by-case basis. We don't live in a black-and-white world where everything is a violation. This is uh, clearly a misunderstanding of human performance. Yeah, everything is uh, varying shades of gray, not black and white out in the work world. Um, Here's another one. The combination of blame and fear go together. So here's, fellow says, everyone's afraid of losing their job for a safety infraction or an injury. What's that going to do to your reporting? You know, to me, that reflects a safety program that's 20, 30 years behind the time. On that same fear vein here, I've got a couple more. Here's one. Any injury, major or minor, and the company will have a target on the employee's back. Wow. You know, that kind of skirts with legal issues right there. And this is, you know, the podcast that I did the other day about stop the insanity about the recordable rate, this goes directly to that. This has to do with with somebody in management getting mad and retaliating against the employee because they hurt their recordable rate or somehow made them look bad or hurt their incentive program, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, honestly, the worker gets hurt. They would rather have not gotten hurt. They didn't do it just to make you mad or ruin your day. Uh, and, and, you know, safety is supposed to be, well, you would think that safety would be a positive. Safety is about not getting hurt, not dying, and going home to your family at the end of the day. So why is safety not a positive? Why is safety a negative? This person here says safety is about how they can fire you. So there you go. Safety is not about going home alive. Safety is about how they can fire you. In other words, the crime and punishment model. Everything's a violation. Everything's a safety crime. And let's just churn through employees. Imagine what that also does to morale and turnover in an organization. Well, let's give a shout out to Sidney Decker here with a quote that he said that I use probably every day of my life. And that is that you can learn or you can blame, but you can't do both. 
Which one do you want to do? I'd rather learn. How about if I kind of wind things up here? Well, let's do one more. And it's, on, it's about positive re reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is another major common theme that workers seem to uh, feel like all they ever hear is the negative and they getting yelled at. And this person here said, a simple, genuine compliment goes a long way. If I had a supervisor that was people-oriented and sincere, I wouldn't mind working a Saturday or a few extra hours. Common courtesy goes a long way. You know, that kind of goes to a statement by Benjamin Franklin, who said, I can live for a month off a good compliment. And that also just illustrates the lack of leadership training and development, someone who truly was a leader would not be doing that. You know, the problem is that positive reinforcement is not natural to us. You know, our culture is such that we're very good at pointing out when people are screwing up or doing something wrong. doesn't matter whether it's at work or whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your kids. You notice when they make a mistake. You don't notice when they're doing well. So we'll, we're going to do another podcast, I know, another podcast or two on the concept of positive reinforcement because we got a lot of work to do there. Yeah, that's probably the uh, number one thing that we hear from workers more than anything else is, uh, you know, we ask that question oftentimes, how often do you hear what you do right? And what we hear from them is usually never or rarely. Positive reinforcement has consistently been the lowest scoring category in the cultural assessments that we have done for the past 20 years. Always, never fails. So we've gone through a number of themes here today, Mike. Um, we, we've started, we've talked about budgets, safety resources. We've talked about communication being a huge thing. Communication where Workers don't get messages that start at the top and don't make it all the way down to them. Workers who feel that they are not listened to or their opinions don't matter. Workers who don't have access to talk to, to senior management. And when there is communication from supervisors to workers, it's not positive, it's negative, and it causes fear. So these are some illustrations of deeper issues within an organization that disengages employees and affects safety performance in a negative sort of way. These are all cultural issues. These really flow to deeper issues such as uh, lack of leadership development, lack of accountability for leaders leading the effort, issues of inadequate communication, inconsistency in the way safety is handled from location to location, and just the fact that people don't hear what they're doing right enough. You know, we know scientifically today that behaviors tend to repeat themselves when they're positively reinforced. But what workers often hear is what you did wrong all the time. So here were a few examples today of what workers say, and we're going to have, again, some ongoing podcast series on these and pick up on some of the other common themes that, that we hear from workers I hope if you take any message away from today, it's asking yourself, are we talking to our workers? Do we have regular forums where workers can talk to senior management? Because a lot of times they feel that that 
immediate supervisor of theirs is, is a block. It's a block between them and, and, and having a conversation with senior management. So like we said in the beginning, if you really want to know what's going on, talk to the workers. Have a good week. Go out and save a life today.